From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. The Healing Muse is a literary and visual arts journal that is celebrating 20 years. It's published by Upstate's Center for Bioethics and Humanities, and today I'm speaking with its editor, Deirdre Nealon. She reads an excerpt from The Healing Muse at the end of every HealthLink on Air program that airs on WRVO on Sundays at 6 a.m. and 9 p.m. Deirdre, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, Amber, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to get to talk to you. Well, 20 years is really a long time for a publication. So I want to talk with you about longevity. Um, do you think that medically themed fiction, poetry, narratives, memoirs, essays, and visual arts are as popular and necessary today as they were in the year 2000 when the muse was born? Um, yes, I do. Uh, and I think that it's been very gratifying to see as the 20 years have gone by how many other medical schools have joined us in producing some kind of literary arts journal uh, and incorporating the literary arts into their curriculum. So I think, yeah, it's uh, very important to have a place that people who are studying to be in healthcare or people who are using the benefits that healthcare offers us, uh, it's, it's wonderful to have a place where they can reflect on their experiences, write them down, take pictures, draw, and have that go out across the airwaves and uh, around the country and around the world. Because what we find out is that people are so alike, so much more alike than we're not. And, you know, especially in this time when division seems so, uh, in, our, in every conversation that we have, our divisions seem to be taking precedence. But in the muse, I think that you will find, I felt that, I know what that feels like, I've, I've been there. Um, and I, I find that very affirming. Is that sort of the overall goal of the journal to sort of bring people together and get them to talk about things that they have in common or? Yes, you know, when the journal started, it was uh, Bonnie St. Andrews, who was a faculty member here and a, a beloved colleague. It was her idea that Upstate should have some kind of place where nurses and physicians could talk about what their feelings were. Um, and that seemed to be, although it's, it's wild to think it now, but that seemed to be somewhat of a radical idea at the time. And uh, she, I think, would be so happy to find out that her initial idea of a place for civilized conversations and de-stressing uh, has become such a vital part of our identity as a university. Well, I want to talk with you about the submissions you received for this issue. You have a, a whole section devoted to the pandemic. So did you seek work with a pandemic theme or did it just arrive? Well, you know, that, that was very interesting too. I our, our deadline is April 15th. That's when we close every year two submissions. And I think that Kathy Faber-Langendoon, the associate editor and I were talking in early April when it had become very apparent that this pandemic was going to be a very serious uh, part of our community. Should we ask for some work about it? And so we sent out a call to probably 10 or 12 of our, what I would call regular family members, people that almost every year, year in and year out, they write to us and send us their work. And we just asked them if they did have anything they wanted to 
give us, we would look through it. There were no guarantees that we would print it. It's very difficult to write occasional poetry. I think if you talk to any poet, they don't really like it when someone says to them, could you give me a poem? My, my parents are having their 50th anniversary and we'd like to, that, that is tough, you know? So um, we did get some, some very fine work back and we decided that we would start the issue off with this sense of pandemic. But I think that if you go through the issue, you will discover that there are other pieces we probably could have front loaded. They weren't written at the time that we knew we had a pandemic, but this sense of dread or fear, or I feel isolated, I lonely, I think that it does um, transfer very easily into some of the other works as well. One of the poems had a description that stuck with me. It said, as pandemic ravages a population trapped in a tug of war between faith and fear. What do you think the author was trying to convey? And, and the author is Gloria Heffernan. Yes, Gloria is a wonderful regular contributor to our pages and I'll be reading some of her work uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, I hope she's listening to this because I would first start out to say that I never presume that I can interpret what it is that the poet meant. But her poem Covenant uses a uh, quote from the Bible at the beginning uh, as an epigraph. And I think she's trying to get us to think of the spirituality that also is a part of this moment of fear and disease. And so when she says, we are ravaged, trapped in a tug of war between faith and fear, I think that's in each of us when we wake up in the morning, there's, you want to believe we will come through, but you are also so scared all the time of all the people that you love who you haven't seen or you can't see, and you wonder, you know, what, which, one, which one is going to rule my day today? Will it be faith in people, faith in medicine, faith in science, faith in government? Or will it be the fear that really nothing's working, everything's breaking down, and I don't know what to do? But her poem, it's beautiful. She's talking about a rainbow, but obviously the symbolism pushes us into recognizing that we can always find faith. We can always find ways to believe something's going, something good is going to come. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Deirdre Nealon. She's the editor of the literary and visual arts journal, The Healing Muse, which has just put out its 20th issue. So in another poem, uh, Dr. Peter Cronkright writes about the virus taking hold and the fears and the worry that healthcare providers must have during this pandemic. So it made me wonder who's taking care of the caregivers during this time? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And there are several pieces in the journal that do talk about how to do self-care or how uh, love for other people is what carries the healthcare workers through sometimes. But I loved um, Dr. Cronkreit's poem because you're not really aware until the end that he's also talking about the HIV pandemic that we had. And so it was both cautionary and I thought affirming because as he, as he says in his poem, uh, Gather round foot of the bed, stand your ground while it spreads worry. Point fingers, so much unknown, panic lingers, our limits shown. 
that's so profound about how we didn't know anything about AIDS. Sometimes we reacted out of fear and we weren't really great at what we were doing, but we did eventually with science. And I think the code that so many of our healthcare workers follow through on to always keep the patient first and foremost in mind, it carried us through. And I loved his poem because I thought making rounds, that's what a physician nurse does every day. They have to make their rounds. They're talking about their patients. They're talking to their patients. Of course, in the pandemic, they can't always talk to their patients. I mean, we've had long stretches of time where the doctors and nurses have told us that they're standing away from and you know, you're covered by protective equipment and you can't really hear. Um, yet they're there. They are that steady presence who making rounds, they are trying to figure out a way to save your life. It's, so I loved, I loved that poem that when it turns out in the end that he's talking about also 1983. Well, okay, so here we are 2020 and I wanna believe we're gonna come through again. Good perspective. Well, Ellen Goldsmith writes about this sensation that I think maybe a lot of people are feeling where time is all messed up. And, and she says, she writes, how to go deeper into the mystery of time, taking time, saving time, losing time. And what about the 11th hour? What do you think, what do you think the author meant then? <laughs> well, I, I love this poem. I mean, the title of it is, I am now an understudy. And so her poem takes us through how the pandemic has canceled so many of the plans she had made. And so now she takes that word apart, which, poets often do, they love to break the words down. What is she studying under, under the fear of the pandemic, under the limits of the pandemic? And she realizes the gift, if we can call it that, one of the gifts of the pandemic is this new appreciation perhaps for time. And then as you just read, she goes through all the things that we talk about with time. And she comes up with that image that we've often talked about, the 11th hour. The 11th hour is the scary hour, I think. I mean, to me, the 11th hour, it's like right before midnight. Um, it's before a major change, let's say. So she's asking, um, what about it? What, what's gonna happen? And then she takes us in the next stanza, which ends the poem, to a lovely image of her as a child that all of us can relate to when she says, um, I remember we would just be starting on a trip and we hadn't even reached the Holland Tunnel and I would say to my parents, are we there yet? And I think that's the question that all of us keep asking. The people, parents who are home with their children attempting to do jobs plus oversee schooling, teachers who want to be home with their children but who are also trying to be with their students and oversee what their, their kids are doing. And then of course, all the people who are working on the front lines. Um, are we there yet? No, we're not there yet, but we know, I think, we're, it's understudy, it is an understudy, and we're, we're working toward it. So I, again, I took it very hopefully by the end of the poem. Well, let me ask you, which submissions left a mark on you as the editor? Oh my goodness. Um, so many of them leave a mark on me. Uh, I think that maybe off the top of my head, I would, I would encourage people to read Pam Freeman's long poem called from a woman's book of uncommon prayer. And uh, obviously from that title, you get a sense of her biblical uh, knowledge and 
uh, tribute, I think. Um, but just let me say, I'll just read the opening lines. The first section is called, You Ask and You Wonder. You can read the Bible, God's Word Made Public, and every other book on the subject, and get no closer to the mystery of your speck of divine infinity. Why did Lazarus get a second chance at the wedding feast? Did Jesus dance? Was the mark of Cain forgiveness or stain? Which is harder, fear or pain? Did Peter teach sailors to walk on water? Are those kids stuck in limbo that Herod slaughtered? You ask and you wonder, you bend people's ears, you bore them to death, you bore them to tears. I'll just stop there. It's just a very lyrical um, walk through the, the deep questions we have in our lives. Well, let me ask you about the cover because the cover has this drawing, this very pretty drawing of a, a tree with a yellow bird. Why was that selected for the cover? Uh, again, you know, covers are always so difficult for us. We're, we, want, we want it to be something that is muse-like. And the muse was always usually, I mean, a person that inspired the, the artist. Um, and we got many, many uh, submissions as we always do and just kept looking and we really hadn't seen it. But this artist whose name is Karen J. Burns and she's a local artist, we happened to know her work and we were looking on her website and we saw this picture which she calls early spring dawn and all of us the first time we saw it just smiled and this was in may when there was not very much to be smiling about people were so you know frantic just anxious what's happening what's happening so we looked at this picture and during our launch last week, uh, Kathy Faber Langendoon read um, Emily Dickinson's poem, Hope is the Thing with Feathers. And she said how when she had looked at this picture, she was thinking of Emily Dickinson's poem that this early spring dawn promises us, again, hope, renewal, the cycle continues, we will get through this. So I think that's why it just felt light. And, and so little has felt light lately that um, this one, we showed it to everybody and they were like, oh yes, that's the cover, <laughs> that's the cover. Well, before we wrap up, let's, uh, let's tell people how they can obtain a copy of the journal. What's the, what's the easiest way for someone to get a copy of this? I, I would say go to our website. It's the Healing Muse. It's all one word, thehealingmuse.org. And there's information there with phone numbers that you could call and order or you could write to us and uh, order. Um, it's $10 still. And I think it's it would make a great gift. Uh, the holiday season is coming and I know many people are nervous. Are we gonna be able to get out and shop? Um, you don't have to go out. You could just buy this and it's uh, easy to mail to your friends that you're not gonna be able to see. Um, and I think it's just a wonderful way to support artists who are also suffering through the pandemic because galleries were closed for so long and museums have been closed and where they try to sell their work. We have really wonderful artists in here. Um, it's a great way to support our writers and artists. Good points. Well, I appreciate you coming to share the information about the new edition. Thank you so much to Dr. Deirdre Nealon. She's editor of the Healing Muse, Upstate's literary and visual arts journal. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.